1: Yeah, a lot of Pacer talk today. You miss any of the conversation, you can find it at 107.5thefan.com. You can rewatch the YouTube, whatever it may be. We appreciate uh, you consuming our show, whether it be live or on podcast. All right, let's jump to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Always love to catch up with Dane Brugler from The Athletic. A little bi-week football talk here for the Colts. We can talk some NFL, obviously talk uh, prospects as we get ready. It's never too early, KB, to get ready for the draft uh, the Perfect bye oh, week it's Perfect. Uh, we love it uh, all the time, not even on the bye weeks. So the Colts right now, uh, if the draft were today, would pick 17th. So lots of options there. Dane, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning, guys. Uh, well, man, thanks so much for joining us here early on this Wednesday. Um, a couple days ago, was it was a week, week and a half ago, you put out your, your big board. Uh, you would Drake May over Caleb Williams. I guess the easy question would be, Why? What has happened in the last year with these two prospects? Does it matter who is drafting at the top? Who may prefer one over the other? How do you see this quarterback battle kind of filling out over the next few months?
0: Well, and even over the summer, uh, writing about these two players, uh, the gap was always razor thin. This is a 1A, 1B type of situation, and throughout the course of this year, it's less about what Caleb has struggled to do, and it's more about... Uh, Drake may being a lot more consistent from the pocket and just being able to execute at a higher rate without in in terms of in structure, you love the out of structure plays. You love what uh, these quarterbacks are able to do when things break down by time, make plays happen, but show me a guy that can absolutely, I know that they can do it from the pocket within structure, understand the play design and, and get the job done. And I think Drake may has done that at a higher level and, you know, you, you look at the traits that he offers, the size, the arm strength, uh, the athleticism. He's cut from the same cloth as Justin Herbert. And that's not to take anything away from Caleb Williams. He's still a tremendous prospect uh, and has a very good chance to go number one overall. I, I, bottom line, this is not going to be a consensus quarterback one in this draft. Some teams prefer Drake May. Some mm-hmm. teams will prefer Caleb Williams. And, you know, the way the draft order is shaken out, it's, it's likely going to be either the Bears picking number one from the Carolina pick or uh, the Giants or the Patriots. Uh, Those are the the, the three clear favorites for that number one overall pick. So uh, plenty of time, you know, just before we figure out that draft order. But we'll be debating these quarterbacks uh, up until uh, draft weekend, kind of similar to last year with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and A.T. Richardson and Will Levis. And so, uh, you know, it'll be an interesting quarterback uh, draft, and and even after those two guys. So, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun topics here over the next uh, five months.
2: It's a great Dane Brugler. Obviously, find his work at The Athletic, Prospects to Pros is the, is the podcast. An awesome listen here even before we get into the meat, if you will, of draft season here coming up. Dane, I want to ask your thoughts a little bit more Colts related to the 2024 class. To me, wide out, defensive end. Those are the two needs that stand above the rest. It almost seems like Annually for the last few years, we've gotten into this, oh, there's always good wide-out depth. This year, obviously, you have the crown jewel and Marvin Harrison, but still, there seems to be some other guys people feel good about. So I'm curious, enlighten us a little bit more on the edge rush group, because I think I can make the argument that that might be the stronger need for the Colts.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I think we, uh, in the past, it seemed to always been at least one, maybe two pass rushers every year that just is kind of stands out as, as a top-tier player, top-tier prospect we just don't have that guy necessarily this year. There's some quality pass rushers that'll be available. And and, and look, you know, where the Colts will be picking will probably be somewhere in the teens. So if they did want to go that direction, and obviously we know, you know, general manager Chris Ballard, he he would love to build in the trenches, uh, offensive line, defensive line. He would love, uh, especially on that defensive line, add more depth, more guys that can get after the quarterback. And, you know, this year's draft, I I think, you know, you've got a few guys at the top with Dallas Turner from Alabama, uh, Lea Tulatu from UCLA, Jared Verse, Florida State. Um, Now, these guys are more, um, I, I think, you know, mid first round type of players than no doubt about it, top 10 picks. But like we said, where the Colts will likely be picking in this draft, that could work out uh, to their favor. And it just kind of depends on the type of rusher they want. Dallas Turner is more of the speed guy, but he's also outstanding versus the run. Jared Verse. Uh, doesn't necessarily have the numbers, the production in the backfield, but you watch the tape and you see that first step burst. You see a guy that understands hand use and how to break down the rhythm of blockers. And then Lotu from UCLA, one of the most productive uh, defensive ends uh, we've, we've seen the last two years at the college level. Uh, his cross chop, his technical understanding of his feet and his hands, uh, really tremendous. And so as long as the medicals are okay with him, Uh, he'll be somewhere in that top 20 mix so uh, yeah this is another very strong wide receiver group Uh, the pass rushers not as much but where the Colts will be picking could work out in their favor Dane
2: I am heading to my first SEC football (laughs) game this weekend my excitement is through the roof that will be Georgia and Tennessee Uh, how high of a draft pick will I be watching in Brock Bowers if I'm not mistaken I believe you had him fourth on your top 50 (laughs) players
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people scoff at taking a tight end in the top five, top seven, but this is a guy that deserves to be drafted that high. Um, This is a, you know, 21 year old version of a George Kittle, Um, you know, the athleticism that he brings, um, you know, the competitiveness, um, you know, he, he had that tightrope ankle surgery and it's usually a four to six week injury. He missed two games. Uh, And there, there was talk about, Oh, maybe you should shut it down. And, he said after the game this past weekend that it just pissed him off. You know, he's like, I, I play football. What are, you, what are you guys talking about? Uh, and this is a guy that's a, a difference maker. And I, I do think that it takes an offensive play caller to understand that and to use him in that way. He's not just a, okay, line him up in line and let's go play. Like you want him to be in the slot. You want him to be, he can, he can line up in line. Um, But you know, you want him flexed o- across the formation and used all over the field uh, because you want to use him as a weapon and you watch Georgia. When you go to this game uh, on uh, Saturday, the whole offense runs through number 19. If, if uh, the, he's not the intended target, he's running a decoy route because anytime he's out in the route tree, there's three defenders trying to, you know, kind of cheating his way, which opens up opportunities for Lad McConkey and uh, these other Georgia wide receivers. So, no, he is a true playmaker, even if, uh, you know, we're going to hear plenty of, oh, you can't draft a tight end in the top 10. Well, it, it, Brock Bowers is more of a, a hybrid weapon than a true tight end.
1: Dane Brugler with us here on The Fan. He's from The Athletic. He joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I love Bowers. Uh, I mean, listen, if he went to the Colts, if he went to a number of teams, I love Bowers. How is he different? How is he better? We heard a lot of the same rhetoric around Kyle Mm -hmm. Pitts. Uh, I mean, Pitts has been playing in Atlanta. There hasn't been a lot of good quarterback play uh, there, but I guess how is he different? How would he be a better pick than Kyle Pitts, who went fourth overall and, you know, right now is 35 catches, 400 yards, and a touchdown for Atlanta?
0: Yeah, no, it's a fair question to ask because I think that's something that'll come up quite often during the process. Um, and, and I think we have to do we have to look out uh, you know what you mentioned where he went with the Falcons. Um, I mean, they just they, they keep drafting these guys, these these offensive skill players in the top ten, and then they don't really feature them. You know, it's happening with Bijan right now. And I mean, Drake London's been okay, but you know the quarterback hasn't been consistent, and they're not really scheming their offense to go through these weapons that they have and Kyle Pitts included. Um and so even though the production's not there, if Kyle Pitts went to uh you know a pick later to Cincinnati, let's just say the Cincinnati to Jamar chase yeah chase and Cincinnati took Kyle Pitts at 5, all of a sudden we look at the, those two picks very differently cuz you know Jamar Chase is probably not the same player we think of when we think of uh you know the pro bowler that he is. So you know, where these guys end up plays such a factor in, in how we, you know, the course of their career, the trajectory, and with Kyle Pitts, I think that's more of a factor here than simply, oh, you know, you just it's, it's a cautionary tale about taking tight ends that early. So I, I think that you have to look at uh, Brock Bowers as just a, a weapon. But I do think, like I said, it's important that the offensive play caller is on board with, hey, this is a different type of player that we have to – uh, you know, really adjust our game plan to make sure we're maximizing everything that he can do for our offense.
2: Gotta think Shane Steichen would be in that boat. Uh, again, Dane oh. Brugler <laughs> is with us You here. want him, don't you? I, I you kind
1: of want Bowers. I think I'm in love.
2: Yeah, yeah. I Ballard do. wants to go
1: trenches, mm-hmm. and you may want to go with a sexy pick. Yeah, but That's, again, edge rush, I, know.
2: I, I can't get away from it too, too much. Dane Brugler is with us. Obviously, outstanding work over on the athletic Again, prospects to pros—that is the podcast for Dane as well. I actually want to go back to the Colts draft this past year, Dane. I hope I'm not catching you too off guard with this, so I'll bring up the names uh, right right out of the gate. That would be Josh Downs and even Jalen mm-hmm. Jones. You were much higher on both of those two guys. I think you had Downs like right around 40 overall prospect. Obviously, the Colts got him to round three. You had Jalen Jones going a couple of rounds earlier than where he went as a seventh rounder. And he's been needed and has been, honestly, I think pretty steady in the handful of games he started. So feel free to take either of those two or both. Josh Downs, Jalen Jones, why did you like them a little bit more than clearly the NFL did?
0: Well, I understand why Josh Downs did, was not a, a first-round pick. You know, he's under 5'9". He's 172 pounds. Um, like I, I, that size with that size, I understand why, you know, he was not, his name was not called in the first 32 picks, but anywhere in the second round, that's where I thought he was in play because, you know, you, you watch his film the last two years uh, at North Carolina and I mean, he had like 200 catches. He's getting open at will. Um, now I think, you know, because he is a slot receiver, a lot of teams, you know, they have their slot receiver. Okay. Josh Downs is not a a guy that you feel consistently or you feel uh, can consistently play on the outside. So, you know, a lot of teams with their slot options, they just, they, they were set. And so I think that caused downs to fall a little bit, but still to get him outside the top uh, 75 picks was, I I thought a a pretty big surprise. Um, His ability to decelerate and then accelerate is really impressive. It helps him get open um, you know he's a consistent first down uh, move the chains type of guy. Uh, you know consistent catcher of the football. He had uh, well over I think 120 targets last year and he had three drops. Uh, I mean this is a guy that you can rely on. So the lack of size I that gives you pause. I understand that, but he's just a tough guy to cover, uh, plain and simple, because of the way that he can get open with his athleticism and then the, what he can do at the catch point. So yeah, Josh Downs I thought was a pretty big steal where they got him. Uh, and then with Jalen Jones, you know, a former really high pick, um, you know, the, the former five-star type of guys who didn't really have the college career that many expected. Is he a safety? Is he a corner? You know, there's a, there's a lot more questions than answers with Jalen Jones. But then when you look at the traits and you look at, OK, he's a really good athlete. Uh, you know, he's he's physical. He, he's got uh, a lot of things, you know, a lot of raw tools that, hey, let's let our coaches get our hands on this guy see what he can do. Um, And that's what, uh, you know, in the seventh round, you take those types of swings. And and I think those premium traits, he brings that size physicality. um, And, you know, when he's had his chances this year, he's, he's done okay, especially considering where he was drafted. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's why teams draft traits, not production. They draft uh, guys that have the tools and they trust the coaches to do the rest, especially in those later rounds. I think Jalen Jones is a great example of that.
1: Dane Brugler with us here uh, on the wake-up call, hanging out with you until 10 o'clock today. Joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I know you liked Anthony Richardson. You liked the Colts Mm -hmm. taking him at four. Since KB asked you about a couple other guys, uh, I I guess to fill in the blank, a lot has went into this rookie season. I I think we have seen that he can play at this level and can do some special things. I'm also terrified at the amount of injuries uh, he's picked up already in his very young career. How should Colts fans feel about Anthony Richardson? Richardson, what did you see in the first few weeks of the season when he actually did get to play?
0: Well, he was composed. Uh, you know, you were worried. This is a guy that had under 400 career pass attempts in college. You know, would the stage be too big for him? Um, and it certainly was not. I mean, he looked under control of, of that offense. He, he looked like he was, um, you know, ready to take the reins. And it's just, yeah, it's unfortunate that he had the injury. Um, you know, you, you wanted because this is a guy that needs reps. And that's why it was always, um, you know, it's not a guy that you want to sit. He, he needs to be on the field, get those in-game reps, understand the speed of the NFL, and then, you know, learn on the fly. Take your lumps. There's going to be mistakes, but you understand that. And it's all about the development and getting better and better and better. And unfortunately, that's that's going to be stunted a little bit because of this injury. But, uh, you know, they made the right call, obviously, to kind of shut him down, get him right, coming back next year. You can't predict injuries. But obviously, this is a player that is going to take some hits with the way he uses his legs. You don't want him to stop running. Uh, that's that's part of what makes him such a special player. Um, but it, you know, he's he has the size that uh, you know you hope uh, the injuries won't be a significant factor moving forward. Um, you know, being six four, two hundred forty five pounds, and have that type of athleticism. That that is a weapon. That's part of what made him uh, maybe the main reason that made him a top five pick. So, you know, I'm excited for Anthony Richardson moving forward. I'm excited for all these rookie quarterbacks, really, with, uh, you know, what we've seen from C.J. Stroud has been tremendous. Um, Bryce Young, I think, is in a really bad situation yeah. in Carolina, kind of holding him back a little bit. And then, uh, you know, Will Levis and then with Anthony Richardson next year. So, you know, if I'm a Colts fan, I- I'm feeling optimistic because, you know, it's more of a unfortunate injury rather than something that's been a pattern. I mean, he played in – uh every game last year except for the bowl game he opted out, but he was healthy last year for Florida. So I don't think this is necessarily a pattern. Uh we're not to that level yet. Uh, but, you know, hopefully he's able to stay healthy and be on the field because big things happen when uh he was the quarterback of this offense.
2: All right, Dane, last one from me. Obviously the Marvin Harrison sweepstakes, the Colts have played too good of football, it seems like, to be mm-hmm. seriously in that other wideouts in that teen range to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, this is – it's it's going to be the race to who's wide receiver two because wide receiver one is done. That race is over. Um, I'll be very, very surprised if Marvin Harrison Jr. is not a top three pick uh, in April. But then who's wide receiver two? Is it Keon Coleman from Florida State? Malik Neighbors, uh, LSU? Roma Dunzier from Washington? Uh, Brian Thomas Jr., the other LSU receiver, had a, just had a tremendous game over the weekend uh, against Florida, 150 receiving yards. Um, I, there's a lot of really quality receivers that'll be in this class. And the one that's really stands out to me, the, the, the two that really stand out to me with uh, Malik neighbors from LSU, uh, not, not the biggest guy, six foot, 200 pounds, but his ability to get open, his athleticism, his catch point skills are, are big time. He's leading the sec in catches for the second straight year. Um, when he catches the ball, it, it's an explosive play. He has, uh, he leads the nation in explosive plays. Uh, 10 more than number two in the country. 80% of his catches result in a first down or touchdown. Um, so there's just a big, this is a big time playmaker who's still discovering how good he can be. So uh, very optimistic for Malik Neighbors. And then Keon Coleman from Florida State, the Michigan State uh, transfer, former basketball player there as well for uh, Coach Izzo. Uh, you know, it, 6'4, 215 pounds. He's a freak. Uh, you know, he is a more athletic, more limber version of like a Mike Williams with the chargers. You know, he has that size where he can overpower and dunk on guys, but he's also a really good athlete. So he has some speed. He has quickness. Um, You know, there's just a a lot that he has to offer that, um, you know, you might not even pee there when the Colts pick, but uh, there's going to be plenty of receivers there in that top 20 that teams will be considering and so for the colts I, I think they'll definitely have some options
2: i lied last last one michael <laughs> Penix, just because the local connection sure. here dane mm-hmm. um do you view him as a legit i don't know second round guy I, I i feel like he's a very interesting one based off the college production the injury history and how he projects to the next level
0: yeah you know and there's the Projections on him are all over the place. Um, I, you know, some like him in the second round, some like him more in the fourth or fifth round. Um, in terms of scouts uh, in the NFL, uh, th- it's a it's a wide projection for Michael Penix. Um, you know, he is a uh, really productive college player, but how is that going to project to the NFL? Where you know the delivery is a little long. His accuracy is at times pinpoint, but other times it's not. He's throwing to NFL receivers who often bail him out. Um, you know, there's, I, I give him a lot of credit for what he's doing this year. He, he should absolutely be in the Heisman race, but then you factor in the injuries, you factor in the age and, it, you know, I, I think we did this last year with Hendon Hooker, you know, whoa, he's going to be a first round pick. And, you know, a lot of people, some people put him in the top 10 and, and he went in the third round, you know, and I think that's probably more going to be the projection with, with Michael Pinnock's where good college player, some question marks. Um, you know, who's going to be the team that, you know, likes him enough to take him early. Um, It probably won't be until uh, outside the top 50 picks.
2: It is the calm before the NFL draft storm. No one better than (laughs) Dane Brugler to get a little preview of that as the Colts head to their bye week. Again, prospect to pros. That is the podcast. His written content over on the athletic outstanding stuff. Dane, always enjoy our conversations, man. Thank you.
0: Anytime. Thanks guys.